turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington, and with me it's Dr. Todd Wisser, physician with the New West Physicians in Evergreen. First of all, Dr. Wisser, welcome to the program. Mark, wonderful to be here, and thank you so much for having uh, New West Physicians on the show again. We appreciate it. Excellent. Dr. Todd Wizard, our topic today has to do with older adults, and there's all kinds of issues that can go with aging, I know, because I'm getting older. But specifically, we're going to talk about loneliness and isolation, especially during this holiday season. And we'll also mention why COVID has made this more of a challenge but uh, first of all, just let's talk about it in general. Talk about, especially with older adults, loneliness and isolation. How How is that an issue? And we'll get into maybe ways that we can solve this issue as well. But first of all, talk about the issue itself. Yeah, no, and, um, and I would argue don't, don't uh, be too hard on yourself there. We're all aging, so go easy on yourself. Um, but loneliness, isolation, sort of a feeling of being disconnected, sort of lack of identity, you know, as we age, our older, older kind of population, 65 and above is kind of what we're referring to when I'll be discussing the older adults today. Um, but that's a time of a lot of transition, a lot of change um, that makes just being connected challenging. Um, and so you brought up a wonderful point, and it isn't necessarily just uh, pertinent to the COVID uh, situation here that we're all dealing with, and which is a challenge. It certainly brought it to the uh, forefront of things that we deal with. But but isolation and loneliness and things in our aging population has been around for, I mean, just forever. Um, and so it's wonderful to address it. I appreciate, again, you kind of pointing out and letting us uh, discuss this today as, as far as what a, uh, what a big deal it is and important to address it and not something, something simply to be brushed under the rug. So, you know, as we age, a lot of, again, I alluded to things are changing, right? So people are retiring. They may be losing sort of their professional identity, their colleagues, their cohort at work, in which would provide a lot of social interaction and discussion and connection. Um, you know, sadly, as we age, obviously, uh, your cohort, your friends, those aging with you, um, people begin to um, to drop off, right? Unfortunately, as we age, we're at risk for death, and that does does come to all of us eventually, and so those older populations that becomes more of a uh, more a part of life, um, which also begins to make your social circles smaller and makes things challenging, and comes with their own set of grief as well. Um, not to mention sort of the decrease in connectivity. So, so that's a lot to kind of take on. Um, the other side of this sort of is so you've got kind of this loss of maybe work identity changes there. Your cohort is growing smaller because of of people dying uh, as we age. And then the other part of it, too, is as we age, we become sort of stuck in our uh, what's familiar and what's comfortable, and it may not necessarily be the adopting the new technologies that are out there, all the 
FaceTimes and the Zooms and the Skypes and whatever sort of um, technologic uh, sort of platform you use to stay connected, people may not be necessarily interested in, in adapting to that or learning those new technologies. So, so that plays a part of it, too. Um, especially in a world where we are becoming more connected via those and less maybe in person, especially during this uh, COVID pandemic, as we discussed, sort of bringing this to the forefront. But but those three biggies are really, I think, those areas are the, are the ones that we see just in general in aging that makes staying connected more difficult. You know, I had a patient in my office here in Evergreen with New West Physicians just uh, this morning that we were trying to get set up with a psychiatrist um, and unfortunately, the psychiatrist wasn't seeing any patients in person at this time, again, secondary to COVID. Um, but the difficulty that this patient had, and he was in his 70s, um, was he was extremely resistant to seeing a physician over uh, for a virtual visit or over the Internet or over a telemedicine visit, however you'd like to refer to it. Um, but that barrier um, to care is, is a real challenge. Um, so... So we, you know, he's now kind of waiting to find somebody who is actually seeing patients in person and will will hold off on, on getting his psychiatric care that I think he really should be seen for more quickly. Um, he's he's put up a barrier to that. So it just makes it challenging. I'm obviously caring for him well and we're taking care of him. But, but again, getting a specialist involved, we're just having some difficulties with patients who maybe aren't interested in adopting uh, this new technology. So that lends itself to be extrapolated to, again, these challenges just in the older adult population. As I think about, uh, for example, my grandmother who died at 94 and uh, my own folks who are now in their uh, late 70s, early 80s, thinking about the difference between the two. For example, my grandmother, as you mentioned, you know, this putting up some barriers perhaps to being active. As my grandmother aged, she actually withdrew. She you know, spent more time watching television. Um, I'm watching, for example, my stepfather and my mother, and they actually have remained very active. In fact, before COVID, they were doing a lot of world traveling. They, they, every year, it's like, where are, you, where are you going this year, Mom? And unfortunately, they haven't been able to do that with COVID. So I can mm-hmm. I can see that there's a difference, and we we maybe uh, we'll we'll come back to some things in terms of COVID and and what we can do about this. But I'm just curious as as I think about the difference between the two sets of of either grandparent or parents that I've had, what can you recommend to people to stay active or to to not isolate? It seemed like, for, especially for my grandmother, it was the law of inertia. Once she stopped being active, it was really hard to get her started again. But speak to that. Yeah, an excellent point. And you're right, sort of that um, uh, that sort of demarcation between those sort of two different approaches to aging um, obviously, sort of a personal um, desire, obviously, with your different family members there. But gosh knows, you know, I would argue the healthier of those two is going to be the people who are out being mentally stimulated, traveling. Um, you know, those are excellent ways to um, stay engaged, stay connected, stay mentally stimulated. You're going to be learning new things if you're traveling. Um, and unfortunately, gosh, given COVID here, I've had a lot of patients um, retire and who are so excited about traveling, you know, just like we all kind of hope to do. And, uh, and that certainly is a, a big thing that people like to do when we're being retired. Um, but gosh, COVID has obviously put a big damper on that. So, 
Um, again, just in general, going back to your, our first point kind of of discussion, which was, you know, what do aging populations have trouble with just because of their cohort and their age? And that is um, just in general, the isolation that comes with it, COVID aside. But yeah, I would argue, just like you said, uh, Mark, is, is getting out, traveling, seeing new things, staying mentally stimulated. Those are wonderful ways to kind of stay he- healthy and engaged and keep your happiness up uh, as well. So, um, and it is hard, and you're at the point of inertia, exactly right, hard to change something that's already in motion. Um, so if you kind of stop doing those things or you stop going to work and you just kind of end up sitting on the couch watching television, um, you know, there are some signs, you know, that we start to see kind of clinically that you've alluded to here that we'll kind of go into, um, and that is, you know, who is, how do you kind of tell if someone's experiencing that social isolation, and maybe then we'll kind of discuss how do we get back to kind of pulling them out of that um, as you kind of qu- queried there. Um, but, you know, when you start seeing people who are avoiding social interaction, you know, a lot of that may be secondary to same, to shame or depression or, again, maybe a lack of a professional identity and they don't feel maybe worth worth worthwhile showing up or maybe they're uh, going to be thought of as not really necessarily pertinent to have that person there. So there's a lot of that sort of feeling of guilt that comes with losing a professional identity or losing friends and things that maybe don't involve yourself in that same social circle if a friend has passed away so you kind of pull back as well um people that expend or just extended period of times alone watching television like you mentioned um there's kind of the fears of if you become connected again with people you know that you might lose some of those friends they might die off so there's that sort of fear of abandonment that also comes with, again, kind of that withdrawal and that fear of losing people or getting back into social interaction because of the fear that you might lose people. So becoming attached again has some sort of a uh, sort of a catch-22, if you will. Um, and you lose, again, sort of those lack of social um, and professional relationships as well if you've retired from work and that's no longer something in which you identify with. So those are all kind of signs that that you're headed down that road, like you stated, with that inertia that really people should kind of, you know, whether you recognize it yourself or you have a loved one that kind of notes it, um, those are the times the, the time to kind of intervene and say, hey, you know, what are some things that we can do to sort of turn this ship around and change that inertia or change that velocity or trajectory? Thanks for those words of wisdom, because as we dive into this, we'll, we'll turn to some, lu- some solutions. Dr. Ted, Todd Wisser, New West Physicians from Evergreen, is who I'm talking with. We're talking about as people get older, they tend to isolate and, and get lonely. And so one of the things that I noticed, Dr. Todd Wisser, is that your office talks about, and when they sent me some statistics, some increase in other health issues because of isolation. Talk about that, and and is it a concern, and how can it be addressed? Yeah, so excellent point, and and I was we're both looking at the same statistics that we both sort of did our research here, Mark. Um, but it's pretty pretty appalling, pretty staggering to see sort of some of these statistics when you pulled up. Obviously, we all are aware of the psychological implications to loneliness, isolation, aging, um, loss of connection. Obviously, that can lead to depression. You know, we hear about increased risks of suicide over the holidays and with aging even, again, just because of those loss of sort of human connection and self and maybe loss of identity or self-identity. 
Um, but, you know, interestingly, uh, there are a lot of physical manifestations and ramifications for uh, that this, again, these changes psychologically also bear out, unfortunately, sadly. And those are pretty significant, like I said. So, um, interestingly, there's increased risk of premature death from all causes, um, secondary to social isolation. And these are statistics that have taken from the CDC um, and there's also, and some of these risks of premature death from all causes, you know, they're on par or on track with, uh, to the degree of smoking, obesity, physical inactivity. I mean, so really social isolation, again, um, with aging is hugely important and something that should be addressed just in general, again, not just during these COVID times, but, but really something that plays a big part of a person's physical well-being is their emotional and their psychological well-being. Um, so really that idea of, you know, mind, body, spirit, uh, mind over matter, you know, we've heard all these little cliches, um, but they're all very true because really the mind has a huge um, effect on our physical well-being and our physical prowess um, and just who we are and how our immune system responds. Uh, so it's extremely important and certainly shouldn't be anything that's disregarded when we talk about health in general. It's often an easy thing to kind of you know, brushed under the carpet, but really should be brought to the forefront, I would argue. So, um, you know, the uh, sort of poor social relationships, kind of quoting a few more of these statistics, just to really make a, make a point of how important it is to address the psychological aspects of our aging population. But um, poor social relationships were associated with 29% increased risk of heart disease, 32% increased risk of stroke, um, there's a 50% increased risk of dementia with social isolation. Um, people with heart failure also had huge increases of four times increased risk of death, 68% increased risk of hospitalization and emergency room visits. I mean, so these are, we're talking big, heavy duty, obviously medic, medical complications physically that really are derived from just psychologic um, changes and difficulties. And I wouldn't even say just again, but just really trying to, emphasize the importance. I think there's a lot of cultural sort of stigma placed on, on, on psychology not being as important as uh, the physical manifestations of illness, but I would argue they're equally as important to address, um, and even more so in this time of, of COVID with the uh, social distancing that we're all having to do. Most definitely. Dr. Todd Wizer, again from New West Physicians Evergreen. Doctor, let's let's switch gears here. We've talked about the problem a lot. Let's talk about some solutions. One of the things uh, that I, I love that, uh, again, and in, in prep for this, your office says that we can work to build a plan with our family and friends to decrease this isolation. Talk about that a little bit. You know, obviously, planning ahead can help. Because as we've talked about, we know it's coming. We, we know because of things like retirement and loss of relationships with friends and, and uh, whatever else that gets an older person in this situation of being isolated, certainly it happens. But we don't have to stay there. We can plan our way out. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, and happy. I'm, I'm definitely an optimist myself, Mark. So thank you for changing the tone to what can we do about this, which is great. Um, so we've acknowledged that, yep, we need to do something. Um, and I, and there's kind of two, two paths we can go here. And, and in general, I would argue, again, going back to our very first discussion, which was, you know, this is a problem for our older population in general, the social isolation. And, and you alluded to, you know, you have family that travel and are out doing things. You know, that's step number one, and that's sort of pre-COVID. And I would argue 
great, gosh knows, yes, let's do that. But I'm going to focus a little more on if you're comfortable with it, um, Mark, kind of on, you know, what are we doing here specifically uh, new to the pandemic and sort of some of these new technologies and whatnot. But but I would argue with things hopefully improve with vaccines coming out, whatnot, and just time and our increased knowledge of what COVID, the viral uh, COVID is and just our better understanding of it. I hope we get back to some of those things before, but certainly, you know, travel and social clubs and participating in the community, um, staying involved in your gyms and health, et cetera, pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID are all going to be there. Um, but in the interim of what do we do with COVID, addressing sort of the increased isolation and sort of disconnectedness that I think a lot of us are all feeling, um, let's go down that path if you're okay with that. Yes, please. Perfect. So, you know, um, so I have, you know, the biggest thing I would argue people should do, and this is kind of going off my script and whatnot, not that obviously this is perfectly scripted, but, um, you know, is turn the news off. <laughs> that is the number one thing I would argue that people should do. Dr. We Wizard, are, I'm, I'm going to say uh, this program is heard on a news radio station, and even I would agree with that. Well, and you know what, Mark, and I appreciate that, and I was just going to mention that is in, in no way uh, a slap in the face for you or any of the good, solid programming that is out there, but just the bath that we are taking in our news and media these days, um, it's just, um, it's its crazy, it's ubiquitous, you can't get away from it, it's your phone, your TV, anyway, um, I won't get on my soapbox about it, but I think good, credible news sources are wonderful and obviously staying up to date with things is fine, but just the 24-hour uh, inundation is just too much for everybody. I mean, it's a constant stimulus. Things are constantly changing. A lot of it sort of is very fear-based. So so I would say please just turn off the news from time to time and just, you know, look at your nice fireplace, go for a walk outside, breathe some fresh, lovely Colorado air that we are so blessed to have versus, you know, being in a city somewhere. I mean, we have a wonderful state. So so get outside, go back to your roots. That's the that's my number one thing that I would argue really is is the to the betterment of of humanity and all of us just personally. So you know, do yourself a break and, and maybe just turn off the news a bit. Certainly, don't stay disconnected at all. But you know, give yourself uh, just sort of in my, everything in moderation, right? That's a good good goal for life in general. Um, but the other side of this is exactly what do we do about this sort of uh, disconnected world in which we're living? You know, there are a lot of new technologies, and I would encourage people to take those, uh, take the opportunity, sort of learn those. Um, you know, we aren't doing meetings as much. People aren't going to plays or movies and shopping as much. So, you know, that does give people a little more time to maybe learn a new skill. So, Pick up the computer, the iPhone, the iPad, the Android, whatever you use. But a lot of those platforms are so easy to learn at this point in, in this point in time, um, and very user friendly. And it might even be enjoyable too. Um, so I would argue, you know, give it a shot. What do you have to lose? Sort of, um, you know, if you don't like it, you don't use it. But hey, there's no harm in trying it out. So, so I always, you know, it's like my kids, right? I tell them they have to try a food. They don't necessarily have to like it or eat it again, but they at least have to try it. Um, so I think that's a good message. So do try the technology. Get a family member maybe to help out with it, too. If you've got a, a nephew or a niece or a grandson or a child that could come over and help you get set up with things, because there is a lot to be gained from that. Um, and I can understand the resistance. People might not be interested in doing it. But unfortunately, you know, you kind of try to make 
uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? And we've got a lot of lemons. So, you know, let's try something new at this point in time because, because it does work and it is a nice way to stay connected. Is it absolutely perfect and in line with seeing someone and giving them a hug? No, but it's certainly better than sitting in your house alone. So, so I would implore people just, um, you know, a little tough love, give it a shot. If you don't like it, don't do it. Um, a good, you know, yeah, that's a great idea. Experience. In fact, uh, one of the things that I'd even recommend, there are a lot of things available online activities. For example, my wife teaches piano and she does it online. And you can probably find everything from piano to, you know, artwork to needlepoint to, you know, how to use the computer, just all kinds of skills and, and teachers out there that are available online. So you're right, even though we're in this world, COVID world, where we can't learn a new skill in person, certainly there are a lot. The The hard part, I think, as you've already mentioned, for the older population is they don't feel as comfortable with the computer. But, but even people like my mom, she got a smart TV and she was calling me, okay, how do I set this up to do this? As, you know, She was trying to get it to do different things. And that that's going to bring me, as we're as the clock is ticking, we're starting to run out of time, I really want to cover this. And that is yeah. that we have this dual sort of road, two-way street, as it were, between family and friends. I think it's important for the older population to reach out to their family and friends. But at the same time, it's also important for family and friends to reach out to those who are older. For example, I'm convinced by this conversation, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to text my mom and just see how she's doing. Because as I mentioned, she's she's getting up into her 70s and my, my stepfather into his 80s. And so talk about that two-way street, this this relationship between family and friends and how that can help. I love it. Um, and you're absolutely right. And even the CDC recommends uh, sort of through these times is, is looking at a buddy system. Um, it sounds sort of silly, but it's a great idea. Um, and just having a social group um, checking in on kind of our aging population again. And that is, you know, maybe your, uh, your church, your community social group, um, daily neighborhood email blasts, a neighborhood sort of uh, connection, but certainly having um, those of us that are um, of the younger generation reaching out to our older population, like you mentioned, you'll text your mother, um, is is hugely important. So let's kind of look out for each other as, as all being human beings and, and community in general, but, but having a nice little uh, sort of buddy system to kind of keep accountable of friends and family is a really good idea. And even doing a daily check-in or, again, through the neighborhood or, or any of your social groups, but whether you sort of lead something like that, I know a lot of the community sites around here are doing that for our population, um, but even just putting that out there, if you don't have something set up like that yet, Maybe mentioning to your church group, hey, we should put together an email, you know, thing that goes out daily just to check in with everybody and make sure everybody feels supported um, is a great idea. So I think that kind of can stem from the younger generation helping out the the aging population. Uh, but the aging population also has a responsibility, I would argue, too, to help look out for each other and, and you know, pick up the phone and reach out to your family, reach out to loved ones to stay connected, too. Um, you know, it goes both ways. I love to hear from from my parents, from a few of my patients who I'm very close with, they'll email me from time to time, and they're they're aging in our community up here in Evergreen, Colorado. Um, so, you know, it does. It goes both ways, and there's sort of a responsibility to help each other out, especially during this time. And everybody appreciates it. You know, whether you're the one getting the phone call or, or you're calling somebody, it always feels good to be cared for and uh, be on someone's mind, I think. So, so it's important to have that two-way street. 
Dr. Todd Wizzer, New West Physicians and Evergreen. We're coming up on just a couple of minutes left, and I like to do this. Uh, give us your elevator speech. We're talking about older people and isolation and loneliness. Uh, from a doctor's point of view, tell us uh, about this issue and, and solutions. Uh, and again, this is the elevator speech time. We've got two minutes left. Got it. So, you know, hugely important problem that you've brought up in general, Mark, which is just socialization and sort of that feeling of being disconnected from people as we age, as we retire from our jobs, as uh, social circles begin to become smaller. Hugely important. What I would argue during this time of COVID and the holidays is, you know, a few things really are, are of the utmost importance and something that you can do to make yourself more connected, feel better, um, and just kind of weather this storm of, of uh, social distancing is, you know, be, um, be proactive, be interested, and, in, in, you know, try the idea of adopting sort of some new technology and be open to maybe trialing uh, one of the media platforms that are out there to help with Zoom meetings and family gatherings and FaceTime, et cetera. So take up that new technology and at least give it a try. Number two, and we haven't discussed it yet, Mark, but honestly, exercise and moving and getting outside, the best thing you can do for your psyche. It really is. We know that exercise uh, decreases the risk for dementia and slows that onset. It makes you feel good. It's the best thing you can do for yourself as far as mood, not to mention just your own physical health, too. So get outside, get moving, exercise, do a yoga class online, um, pick up a bike. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to kind of stay, uh, stay active during all of this as well. So that's number two. Um, and number three is really just staying in touch with your family um, and keeping in contact. Look out for your neighbors. Look out for your community. Reach out. And then the other thing I would also recommend is if you're the younger population is reach out to the aging population. Keep track of each other and just kind of have a schedule for checking in with everybody. And then I said that was my last point, but I want to add one more thing, which is go on a news diet, not from Mark, not from your show, um, but a from the 24-hour onslaught of constant news is just shut that off for a little bit um, and really go do something a little more productive that I just mentioned before. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of those points. Dr. Todd Wizzer, New West Physicians, Evergreen, thank you for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.